0: Without my baby. Yeah. All my baby. Hey, hey. How would I
1: be without my baby? Ja Rule, you... my Ja Rule, Ja Rule kind of sounds like Cookie Monster. Ja Rule sounds a lot like DMX, and I don't think they liked each other. I ja Rule uh, is
2: just, uh, he is a perfect, perfect storm.
1: <laughs> I think Ja Rule, uh, the DMX lyric, I don't know who the fuck you think you're talking to, but I'm not him, all right, Slim, so watch what you do. Find yourself staring through the roof of the church preacher telling the truth that it hurts i think that's about him Um,
0: i thought that ja rule did a christmas song but he actually reads how the grinch stole christmas i know it's past christmas but it's uh if you want to get into that holiday spirit next year listen to that do you want to
1: get in in the holiday spirit in advance a year ahead of time can we just say we're girly mags (laughs) oh
0: yeah we are girly mags welcome back to episode 64 yes yes
2: yes hello friends welcome back to another episode of girly mags the nostalgia podcast that deep dives into all things 90s and 2000s by tearing apart the teen magazines of our youth magazines like ym and sassy and in this particular case the february 2001 issue of 17 magazine with carson daly's giant carson daly front just a fucking forehead you could serve dinner on it's just really
1: impressive i don't know why we're taking shots at carson Daly. <laughs> him and James Van. Der i don't mind him i have no opinions about lots him. of great big foreheads in history yep. M- me included fraser comes yep. to mind fraser has left the building
2: oh my god yeah <laughs> um anyway i am one of your hosts uh d mortimer and holy crap am i excited about this episode oh. Me too. Yep. We are marking our return to Grizzly Mags. Does that mean you're going to be talking
1: about gay bears?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I wish. (laughs) No, next best thing. We are talking Moida. We are talking some murders uh we are covering some crazy ass murders i gotta say i had no idea the journey that i was gonna go on with this particular case which we will get into um but you know what to quote my favorite cartoon character ned flanders uh this was a dilly of a pickle (laughs) i shaved my fucking legs for this episode (laughs) it's like really impressive this this case is insane
1: i haven't shaved my legs for months I got dressed up for this because I wanted to put myself in the right mindset to get out of my "don't talk to me" like uh, comfy clothes, my sweatpants. Mm -hmm. I'm still in those. I put on some polyester pants and a leather blazer. Who are you, leather blazer?
2: I had to take a hacksaw to my legs because there was a lot of hair going on. (laughs) (laughs) Like Andrea, I have not shaved my legs since like maybe March, so (laughs) quarantine legs. (laughs) I had definitely had some quarantine legs going on.
1: Anyway. Yeah, my name is James Holly, a.k.a. Marilyn Mansplain. Once again, if you're a new listener, give us some uh, space. We we usually record in person because of the coronavirus. We have to record over Zoom. And it doesn't sound as good as it usually does, but we make of it what we can. And, uh, yeah, there's not much you can do in coronavirus. We're stuck inside. It's winter as well. Uh, But I found something... Uh, to give me a little bit of pleasure, uh, it's a pro-life hack. Don't say pro-life. I'm sorry. It's a it's a uh, life begins at conception hack. <laughs> Better. <laughs> uh, I, if you want to give yourself a little treat, a little something during these coronavirus times, I've been taking my phone out of its phone case. <laughs> it's thin and it's smooth. I'm living life without any protection. It is wild. <laughs> James is There's like, no. it feels like a new phone. Yeah. Look at it it's so smooth. <laughs> it's, it's, it's smooth and slippery. It could slip out of my hands and break at any second. I'm living on the edge. I've done that before where I took
2: the case off and then I was shocked that I had a rose gold iPhone. I, was, <laughs> I forgot
1: that
0: I had a different colored iPhone.
1: Ladia yeah. millionaire.
0: <laughs> Hi, it's me, Andrea Johns. I just woke up from a nap. It's been a long week. We're actually recording on a Friday night right now, which we never do. This never happens. It feels cool. I'm excited to get a little drunk and Mm -hmm. talk some mortar. So let's get on
2: it. I I tried to do a dry February and made it to today.
0: (laughs) It's the sixth. No, it's the fifth.
1: We (laughs) also mm -hmm. talking some bricks.
0: Yeah. What else are we going to talk about? We've got bricks and mortar. We've got grizzly mags. We've got a a blooper blowout with a bunch of Mm rama moments got some we're hard questions lesbians. yeah lesbians some hard questions about lesbians we're talking some 90s boy band lyrics worst dates because this is a valentine's app i might come out after valentine's day but it'll still be in the spirit or not we're also gonna find out if
1: james can shut up and o- as <laughs> always uh join our patreon for an extra segment that i don't know which one's gonna make the patreon right now andrew do you have some people to shout out for yeah. our
0: latest patrons patron patrons patrons it's patrons <laughs> And if you want to join our Patreon, you get extra segments, magazine archives, merch. You can suggest magazines to us. You can chat with us. Just join it. We got a $1 and a $5 tier.
1: We might call you up and give you a quiz. Yeah, we can call yeah. you and give you a
0: quiz. Those are always fun. We did that last week and it was really fun. So we just want to say thank you so much to our patrons. Rachel S. Sarah P. Thanks, Jessica B. Sasha K. Kelly R. Roxanne F. Marta S. Denise D, Jennifer S, Laura S, Gabrielle L, Lainey S, Bex, Alexander C, Gina I, Lauren S, Erica L, Emily H, Kalika, Tammy, and Sarah F. We love you guys guys so much and thank you so much for supporting us. We are going to get into... This month in history!
1: All right, this month in history. This is where I take you back and give you a little context of what was going on when this magazine came out February 2001. All right, on February 1st, this only matters to our Toronto listeners but and the surrounding areas, CFXJ, better known as Flow 93.5, premieres. Canada's Ooh. first urban music station. James was all over that shit when in it high uh, first started. It was just like a repeat loop of songs, like from they wasn't live. It was just like a repeat loop of songs that played over and over and over. Before that, we had to listen to WBLK from uh, Buffalo, oh. yeah, yeah. on ninety three point seven, and it, it was all fuzzy.
2: Or if there was songs that that crossed over into pop music, you could listen to Chum FM.
1: Dude, they did not they play, play black music. On We had three different, at that time, three different techno stations. Hot 103.5, Energy 108, and I forget the third one. Three different techno stations, no urban music at all.
0: Yeah, not surprising. Toronto was super fucking white in the 90s. You'd go
1: to nightclubs, you'd go to club nights, and it would be literally not a single, like it would all be just pop music all night. Te- you'd have to go to special nights to hear special urban nights to yeah, hear uh yeah and surprise surprise they had extra fucking racist dress codes on those nights Yeah.
0: Security.
2: no other radio station was playing like actual truly urban music or whatever but you would have some crossovers like you know there would be some tlc got played for yeah yeah, yeah okay. TLC
1: and, like late and and 90s like that. early Whitney Houston
0: was really weird yeah. because even when you look at these magazines and they do men. like teen surveys they'll be like what's your favorite genre of music and it's like alternative rock like pop, like Britney Spears, and then like rap is at the bottom. With like, three I remember yeah. it
1: used to be a thing that people used to say it was like a catchphrase. I like everything except rap and country.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: And now those are the probably the only two viable genres of music <laughs> left. That's <laughs> true. So. And uh, classical, but I don't really
0: listen to classical. <laughs> classical.
1: Oh yeah, all those, all those Patrick new, Bateman, all those new classical hits coming out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> all right, on February eighteenth. Not a lot happened this month, by the way. Uh, February 18th, uh, FBI agent Robert Hansen, the worst Hansen brother, <laughs> is arrested for spying for the Soviet Union. He was sentenced to 15 consecutive life sentences. They don't fuck around when it comes to uh, espionage. Espionage, But I, that wasn't interesting. I, I was scrolling through his thing, and then I, I read on his Wikipedia... At Hanson's suggestion, a retired army officer would sometimes watch the Hansons having sex through a bedroom window.
2: <laughs> did you say? Did you say Robert Hanson?
1: Yeah, his name's Robert Hanson. His name. Do you know is there's Robert a Robert? Hansen. Yeah.
2: So I think the worst Hanson brother was also a Robert Hanson. He was an American serial killer.
0: Oh, really? H a
1: n s s e
0: n. Okay. So it's like.
2: Oh, the, okay, uh, this is H a n s e n. He was called the Butcher Baker.
1: So then he would invite uh, this army officer over to watch through the window, and that wasn't good enough, so then he began to secretly videotape his sexual encounters and shared them with the guy. What a fucking creep. Did his uh... wife know? No, uh, no, his wife never knew. And then uh, later he hooked up a closed-circuit television line <laughs> so the guy could... How badly did this guy want this army officer to watch him and his wife having sex? Maybe he's related to serial killer Robert Hansen. <laughs> All right. In music, Ladytron. S- released 604, uh, which was a, uh, electro clash album. Uh, on January 29th, I just found this out, uh, The Strokes released their modern-age EP, which no one really had, but it was, it was their first release. And any excuse to talk about how The Strokes changed everything, I'll take it. <laughs> and then uh, the big one, Daft Punk released Discovery. Ooh, I like that. Which is the kids out there, and especially the younger kids, I want to send you a message. Do yourself a favor. Do some drugs. And when I say do drugs, I'm not talking about anything you can get out of the ground or anything you get as a prescription. I'm talking real drugs. Take that as what you, and uh, fun drugs, not like sleepy drugs. And uh, listen to Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger. That breakdown is the closest you'll get to pure fucking serotonin ever. You don't have to
0: do drugs, by the way. Don't listen to James. We claim no
2: responsibility for
0: anybody who like does
1: drugs and doesn't end up well. Why do I have to do drugs to get like serotonin out of my brain? Why can't I just take serotonin? Like, why don't I have like just serotonin as like that's a pill? what
0: an antidepressant is? You it's mor- what an no, antidepressant It makes your
1: brain release serotonin. Why is my brain holding out on me? Why is it holding all the serotonin? And I have to take some special so pill to make drugs it release. Back then. I've never yeah. done drugs, in case my mom's listening. <laughs> Forty-third Annual Grammy Awards are presented in Los Angeles. Steely Dan won. What? I don't know. Best <laughs> album. <laughs> wow. Was my dad responsible for the fucking Grammy nominations that year? You two won Record of the Year and Song of the Year for It's a Beautiful Day. Was D in the nominations for that year? <laughs> hey now. And in movies, Hannibal was released, the Ooh, prequel yep. to uh, Silence of the Lambs. And Andrew's favorite, Monkey Bones, starring Brandon <laughs> Fraser. <laughs> Ugh. Now, I've never seen this movie, but as far as I can tell, Brandon Frazier is hit on the head, and while he's in some weird Tim Burton dreamland, uh, his monkey cartoon monkey friend takes over his body and spends all his time trying to sexually assault Bridget Fonda. Oh, God. my God. Which, to be fair, to be fair, it tracks for what a monkey would do. Yeah. <laughs> they are perverts. And also tracks for what passes an acceptable plot for February 2001. And yep. that's the month. Woo! Show me the monkey! Check that monkey!
0: Speaking of the Grammys, we are going to do something that you might have heard in our last episode when we covered the Silver Chair murders. Well, a couple episodes ago. But yeah. Yes. It was a couple episodes Grizzly Mags!
1: Murder mm-hmm. Manx! Murder! General call <laughs> murder back. It's murder! <laughs> murder Ick! Sorry, that's going to get annoying.
0: <laughs> so, with today's story, we are going to cover the Hollywood Ripper, also known <laughs> as the <laughs> Chiller Killer.
1: Yeah. yeah. he sounds cool. Or the boy next
0: door in something super creepy. Yeah. He's got a yeah. pretty
1: cool name.
0: He does not look like a boy next door. He looks like... Uh, serial killer richard ramirez looks-
1: <laughs> is known as the night stalker and then yep. the fucking first night stalker has to be known as the original night stalker yeah come yeah. on. with some new
2: names in case you don't know who the hollywood ripper is we are talking about mike Garu- garulo garulo whatever he's a piece of shit he's a piece of garbage we'll call him mikey g Yeah, we'll call him Mike the fucking asshole.
1: Whoa, don't get too edgy there with the murderer. Hey, guess what, Mike? You are way out of line. You're a jerk. And I don't care who knows it.
2: Mike is a piece of shit bastard. And him in his trial he looks like Brian Cranston in Breaking Bad. He's super bald and has a goatee. And it, w- it took me a second to realize I wasn't watching Breaking Bad. Not that I've ever watched Breaking Bad, which what? I'm hoping to rectify that like this winter. Huh um it's but... a very
1: ugly show <laughs> yeah I love the show is great show but it's I never want to go back to it because I don't want to be actually I watch Better Call Saul and it's hard to be in that place because it's so ugly
0: I love the desert yeah. Everyone, it's up. like
1: the worst fashion ever because it's in that like mid, era, early 2000.
0: 2000s we're like
1: everyone's wearing baggy clothes it's just ugly it's just an ugly ugly show
2: <laughs> so we'll call him we'll call him like poor man's breaking bad okay. um and that's what he looked like In the trial, in my opinion. PMBB? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So
0: are you guys ready for this? Yeah. Do it. Ashley Ellerin was born in Los Altos, California on July 16th, 1978. For those of you that don't know, Los Altos is located in the San Francisco Bay area in North Silicon Valley. So it's not even really a city. I mean, I don't think it is because it's in Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. So she attended uh, Los Altos High School and then later, like so many people in California, relocated to L.A. in the year 2000. And she attended the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. It was also reported that she worked as a makeup counter attendant and as a part-time exotic dancer and escort. But it should be noted that a lot of this information came from her childhood friend who wrote a book, uh, a memoir entitled The Hot One which is kind of exploitative and she really took the opportunity to paint herself as a victim by proxy when she wasn't yeah. even really friends with her like since childhood so i don't know how much she knew about her life or how much of it was true
1: so that book wasn't written by Robert Thomas No <laughs> Man, it's actually a Hot one.
0: I looked up Ooh. the Hot One at the library and all i got was uh harlequin romance novels there was a lot of like a- a yeah, you did. On the There's
1: also a popular chicken wing watching, uh, eating show that's called The Hot Ones. Hot Ones? Yep, cool. I, I, I scanned through it. I thought, like, I started reading
2: it, it, like, it genuinely reading it at the beginning of the week, and had I had trouble with it, because when I read true crime novels, I usually read the ones that are, like, very much, like, this is what happened in the case, and, like, and I like them to be relatively straightforward. They, they can be non-linear, but, like, I usually like them to be, like, about the case, and this one was very, very, you'll like it if you like memoirs, but
0: it's very memoir and, I like had to start scanning through yeah. it just to get to the trial well, section. Well, it didn't, uh, it didn't linear. paint a friend in the best light. So anyway, victim blaming mm-hmm. sucks. Don't do it. So. Yeah, we will talk about that. Um,
1: linear, <laughs> linear. I couldn't let that slide with how much we make fun of Andrew for not pronouncing things correctly. <laughs>
0: what you when said, said it on? linear. Well, she was thinking about wieners.
1: Linear.
2: Linear. Linear. Fine. You know what? Okay, I, I deserve that.
0: Correct me when I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. So Ashley was described by her friends as fun, spontaneous, and beautiful. She was super outgoing, and she rubbed shoulders with some Hollywood celebs. Uh, she lived in a charming yellow bungalow behind the what's now the TCL, but Grauman's Chinese Theater uh, on Pinehurst Road in the Hollywood Hills of L.A. with her roommate, Jen. So earlier we were talking about the Grammy Awards, So, on the night of the Grammy Awards, February 21st, 2001, Ashley was set up to have a date with that 70s show actor, Ashton Kutcher, Mm -hmm. to attend a Grammys after party with him and have some drinks. So, he called her around 8.15 to let her know that he was running late because he was at another party watching the Grammys. He was considered
2: a love interest, too. Like, he was, he was, he considered, they they were considered Yeah, they had met a couple months before
0: and they were both single. They were kind of, like, dancing around each other, flirting. Yeah.
1: They were dating. I mean, you're you're already at a party, and now I'm like, why didn't I just go to? The, why didn't I just get invited to that party? Why? Did I have to go <laughs> she just, was okay with it though, because she, she was just
0: getting out of the shower. Yeah. Now, this is the first crime that happened in the night. Around ten forty-five p.m., he comes to pick her up. Ten forty-five.
1: No. Dude, where's my car? Where's your car, dude?
0: He was like two hours, two and late! two and a half hours late. They were supposed to go to dinner. I'm not eating at eleven p.m. Like, fuck this. They were going to go to like dinner and drinks and then like an after party. I don't know.
2: They were they talked that day and apparently she was like, so should I come to your Grammy party and like meet up with you and then we'll go from there? And he's just like, nah. He just was like, no, which I'm like, that's fucking rude. Well, and
0: it fucking played (laughs) out later. So yeah, So around 1045, he comes to pick her up at her house. He knocked on the door once, twice, no response. And he thought that she might have like was pissed off at him and left and went somewhere for the evening. So he looked through a window and saw what he thought was red wine spilled all over the floor of the house and just left and got back in his car and drove away. But in his defense, he did say that he'd gone to parties at her house before and it kind of had that like early twenties, like
1: spilling red wine vibe. Yeah. Party house. vibe. So he
0: didn't think much of it and he left. So the next morning at around 9am, her roommate, Jen, Ashley's roommate, Jen came home and she found Ashley, Stabbed 47 times, face up near the entrance to their bathroom.
1: How do you even count 47 stab wounds, man? Well, he wasn't counting. He wasn't, like, trying to no. nail 47. No, 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 no. I'm talking about, like, detectives. How do you, oh. like, you take you do yeah. an autopsy, I mean, and you're that's just, like, 47 job. fucking yeah,
2: <laughs> stab wounds. No, I'm just saying, like, how do you
0: even fucking count that, right? Yeah. Oh,
1: you think there's some blending. Yeah. Like, the, <laughs> like, this, like, you know, some stab wounds hit the same spot, yeah. so it's hard to distinguish...
0: But apparently Ashley was a huge like joker and played a lot of pranks. So at first she thought it was a prank and then she clearly realized that it was not. And she freaked out and ran out of the house into her car to call 911. And then paramedics and fire trucks uh, obviously soon swarmed the block and the manner of death was clearly uh, homicide. So about a year before her murder, Ashley was helping a friend fix a flat tire uh, on her block and this tall, handsome, quote-unquote, good Samaritan neighbor comes up and offers to fix the flat tire. His name was Michael Gargiulio, and him and Ashley began talking. And he was like an HVAC guy, like a, ha- a general handyman. And he was like, if you ever need help with heating, babe, I got you. Turns out, because she lives in hot-ass L.A., that you probably need those services more than you think. So she called him. Heating and uh well uh, air conditioning
1: cooling. He, heating
0: heating and cooling like, yeah he, he probably should cool have like a... focused
1: on the cooling aspect they really <laughs> wanted to sell it
0: <laughs> so he was invited to a couple parties at her place as were many people because apparently it was like a hangout spot and all hey Ashton,
1: friend... uh this grammy party can i bring this creep with me by the way <laughs> so it's my plus one <laughs> so all her
0: friends thought that he was a bit weird and creepy. Apparently at one party he just like sat and stared at her the entire party while she was socializing yeah. with her friends. So the like one piece of advice here, trust your friends and trust your instincts. If your friends say yeah. a guy's a creep, he's a fucking creep. Full oh, stop. stop. <laughs> Why'd you look at
1: me? You thought I had something to add there? <laughs> just because I'm wearing Elton John glasses and a leather blazer and platform shoes? No, you look amazing
0: today. He's still a creep. <laughs> so... Uh, his name came up when her friends were asked about the homicide. Cause she had this huge social circle. So obviously narrowing down a suspect became like a daunting task. Um, but the LAPD did have Mike, the handyman in their peripherals.
2: I don't know if you're going to mention this. If you are, you can ed- edit
0: this part out, but
2: what's crazy about that, that meeting that, that meet cute that they had, with the fucking blown out car tire, they took the car to a mechanic who actually said, you don't have a flat tire. Your tire was slashed.
0: Oh, shit. I didn't know So it was...
2: His tire was... That that car tire was slashed, apparently. And also, he came out of fucking nowhere from the direction of a dead end.
0: And he lived, like, down the street. The crime scene investigators didn't collect any physical DNA from the crime scene at her house. So he clearly wore gloves or booties or something. Um, But they did collect DNA samples once they found out who he was. And so... I. A few years go by with nothing. The case is essentially cold. And then the LAPD gets a call from Cook County, which is in Chicago's PD, where Michael Gargiulio was originally from. And his DNA matched samples from the 1993 murder of 18-year-old Trisha Picaccio. But it turns out him and Trisha's brother were good friends growing up. And he'd spent real good friends. Yeah. So Michael Gargiulio had spent a lot of time at their house, at the P- Picuccio house. And he'd even given uh, Trisha a ride home the night before she was found stabbed in front of her house. So they weren't able to prove that that DNA wasn't from being in contact with him or from her ride in the car. Yeah. But they were suspicious. Like this, this is two people now. Like that is that just bad luck that two people, you know, end up stabbed the same way and they're both connected to this guy. So they let this fucker get away and he went on to kill and critically injure, two more victims he murdered 32 year old mother of four maria bruno in el monte california in 2005 and then in 2008 he attacked michelle murphy in santa monica so he both of them were attacked while sleeping and stabbed repeatedly but michelle murphy fought this motherfucker kicked him off She's the bed. A badass, man. And, like, a, end, ended up getting the knife away from him and actually, like, it ended up, I don't know if it slipped and it cut him, but whatever. But the knife injured him in the process and this left, like, a trail of blood in her apartment and then when they ran the DNA, it matched to Michael.
1: Oh, yeah. I was about to say, yeah. like, it sucks that they couldn't hold him because they didn't have enough charges. But you always hear about some guy who got held on some weed charges and was in Rikers for four years and yet somehow mm-hmm. this guy I can't know. be held pending exactly. charges.
0: So, this was when all four crimes were connected, and he was dubbed the Hollywood Ripper and arrested promptly. Yeah. And now D is going to take over the job. Yeah. Child. Oh boy. This is just like, I wrote more notes this on this like than I have ever
1: read. Law order.
2: Speaking of law and order, fun fact Al, um, Ashley Eller, uh, Ellerin was actually connected to, she had actually dated both Vin Diesel and from law and order jeremy sisto hey what a so connection f- so f- he flew her out jeremy sisto i think flew her out to toronto uh, where he was doing he was filming something and he flew her out t- to see the filming or something like that shit you um, did deep
0: dive into this case
2: <laughs> i <laughs> fucking ate and slept this fucking case like just I focused on nothing but this case. I've written more words about this fucking case than I ever have in a final essay for school. <laughs> I had, it's insane. So the trial for, uh, Mike, uh, Mike Garjulo Garjulo? I never know how I,
1: I, I don't G. think. did we settle on PMBB? <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> we're going to call him, we're going to call him poor man's breaking bad. Um, so the tr- his trial started on May second, 2019. This is the actual. Jesus, trial. that was so soon, like or so yeah, recent. Yeah, it's, it's so recent. So speaking of which, this is um, this is the a case that took the longest in LA County jail history. This goes down as the trial that took the longest to get to, to to trial. Now the hot one, the book that was written by her childhood friend, I think starts with the pre-trial because California is a death penalty state. At least they were when they were trying this. I think they still are. So he was getting prosecuted. He was going to go down for two, two capital murder charges, plus an aggravated assault of uh, Michelle Murphy. So they had to do, I think what happens is they have to do a pre-trial in order to make sure they have enough evidence to go to actual trial. The defense lawyer, in the pre-trial is one of the guy one of the part of the oj simpson dream team who wrote uh his uh, basically helped johnny cochran craft the like his clothing st- closing statement i think
1: alan dershowitz no charles lindner oh not one yeah of the, he's the uh the christian leitner of the oj dream team Shout out to my 92 basketball fans. The woman who wrote the memoir says that this guy
2: was part of the like OJ Simpson dream team, but I think he was just behind the scenes. He wasn't like one of the guys in the courtroom, I don't think.
1: I made a fantastic 92 dream team reference there, but fine, it's fine.
2: (laughs) I'm just, I'm so excited to talk about this trial. prosecution basically it went down like this so the prosecution's main witness is of course michelle murphy because she survived so they painted uh mikey g um as a serial sexual thrill killer who stalked his victims stabbed them and mutilated them and to quote the prosecution this case was about the methodical systematic slaughter of women So in the pretrial thing that I mentioned before, there is a, it was just slut shaming up and down of Ashley Ellerin because they wanted, the guy wanted to sow the seeds of doubt about
0: Ashley in order to get the focus away from Mikey G. Because there was never any physical evidence that linked him there to her, was, right? There was
2: nothing that tied, there was right. nothing, there was no eyewitness testimony, there was no trace evidence, there was no physical evidence, there was no DNA, no fingerprints, nothing. This was like a very cold case, it was going nowhere. There was It was open, but it was definitely, they had nothing to go on. Mm-hmm. Um, And like you said, it's really hard to prove a serial killer or it's hard to prove, well, it's hard to prove a serial killer right off the bat, but it's hard to prove a murderer when somebody has the social circle and the social standing that uh, Ellerin had. Mm -hmm. So there was quite a bit of slut shaming. If this guy could have flat out asked if if anybody considered Ashley a slut, he would have, but it was obviously you're not allowed to say that in the court of law without getting objected. So the trial starts. They call their first key witness, Michelle Murphy, who had survived her run-in with Gerjulo. She described how she was attacked while sleeping in her bed, and according to her, she grabbed at the knife, wrapping her hands around the blade, managed to kick him off the bed, and then she ran after him as he tried to flee the scene.
0: And then he said, I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: exactly. She mentioned not getting a clear look at her attacker but said that she was chasing him through her apartment and he was saying he was sorry, which is interesting and this the defense is going to come back and use this like as as part of their defense of this fucking piece of shit.
1: I don't get why being I don't get why being a slut is relevant. She wasn't willingly stabbed by a bunch of penises.
2: <laughs> no, they because they wanted to they wanted to say that it was impossible to pinpoint who murdered her because basically her apartment was a free for all of ma- like rando men. And also, she, it was said that she was a sex worker, she was an exotic dancer and an escort, and they basically tried to paint her as somebody who had multiple, multiple, like, you know, dates with men, and was basically just, it like, had a, could have been anyone, and they were trying to sow seeds of doubt, because, like, apparently she was, quote-unquote, like, a fun-loving girl. She mentioned not getting a clear, so uh, Michelle Murphy mentioned not getting a clear look at her attacker, but said that she was chasing him through the apartment, he was saying he was sorry. Murphy was, however, able to notice in all of the hoopla of her being viciously fucking attacked, she noticed that her assailant was left-handed, which is a super strange coincidence as the stab wounds from both Ellerin's and Bruno's murders were said to most likely be caused by somebody left-handed and surprise, surprise, guess who's fucking left-handed? Me. Poor man's Breaking Bad. Yeah,
1: Mikey G. James So, so, to the su- <laughs> too. Uh, so oh, are a disproportionate man. number of presidents and Paul McCartney. <laughs> cool. Um, okay,
2: so to the surprise of no one, Mike's DNA is just all over that apartment because he's literally bleeding everywhere. So this was never in doubt that he was the one who attacked Michelle Murphy. So in a surprising turn, the prosecution was also allowed to mention the murder of Trisha Picaccio, um, who was the young woman that, um, she was 18. Yeah. So back in Illinois, who, uh, had been killed in Chicago 10 years prior. So this whole 10 years, there was like 10 years between where this poor family in Chicago is just like begging people to kind of focus on this case. And it's just going cold.
0: He was super young when he did that, too. He was like 17 17
2: years years old. old. He was 17 years old. So um, the defense or the prosecution was actually able to mention the fact that Garjulo's DNA was found under Trisha's fingernails, which Andrea mentioned. So at the time that Trisha was murdered, uh, DNA, the DNA that was found um, because the, the DNA wasn't really having a heyday yet, um, they basically, the, the attorney didn't want to file charges because um, they, they would be based on only this kind of DNA evidence found on her fingernails, which, which could have been caused by the fact that she had seen him the day before. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to now, or fast forward to like 2003 or 2001, they had a forensic expert who basically re-looked at everything and said, no, 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 no. The DNA that was found under her fingernails was 50/50 mix of her DNA and his DNA. This was not caused by like contact casual DNA. casual contact. Yeah. Least and especially not casual contact the day before she was murdered because that would have just clearly washed away. Yeah so they're just like no this was like probably she scratched somebody and that's how this dna ended up under her fingernails the the defense must have tried everything to get this blocked from this trial because like this hadn't even trisha's murder hadn't even been tried yet so he hadn't even been tried for this murder and they were already painting him as somebody who killed trisha
1: how good of an hvac man is this guy that can afford (laughs) such great representation
2: (laughs) so the the defense must have been trying everything to make sure that this murder didn't get get uh, get put into evidence. I'm
0: surprised they let it.
2: I am surprised as well. I could not find uh, I couldn't find anywhere why this why they were allowed to bring this in. But they were able to bring in Trisha's whole fucking family who came in and was on the witness stand for this. And they were able to bring this forensic psych uh, psychiatrist or psych- psychologist to basically come on and say like no, this was clearly like more than just a casual contact. Yeah. So, going into um, the testimony of up-and-coming young actor and model Ashton Kutcher, he was another witness who was actually a star witness for both the prosecution and the defense, which is really interesting. So... He, his, he was allowed to testify, or he was asked to testify, because it was important to the timeline, as he was probably the last person to talk to Ashley alive. Mm-hmm. And this call would prove really important for the defense, who also, claimed, who also claimed him as a star witness. So according to Kuchar, he was late picking her up, only getting to her home around 1045. He knocked on the door, no one answered. He saw that there was wine—that uh, what he thought was wine stains was actually blood, which Andrea mentioned. And um, also, her father was in town helping her with some renos in her bungalow, and that included painting. So that also could have been sort of like an explanation for why there was red spots on her floor. So after learning about the murder, he immediately is just like, "Fuck, my prints are all over that door," yeah. and he immediately went to the cops and was just like, "My, you're gonna find my fucking prints all over this fucking door," and you know, like this is what happened. We were supposed to go out on a date. I didn't see her. She. I thought she was angry because I was so fucking late, which tracks I would fucking leave if he was two and a half hours fucking late for a date. So yeah, so he basically was like very cooperative, very, very upset, like very, very distraught over this murder and did Probably everything he could too, to help. because you
0: are like, if I would have shown up like earlier, this might not have happened. They weren't
2: allowed to record the, the actual trial. The trial. They were only allowed to take pictures, mm-hmm. but he apparently was quite emotional on the stand. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that. So we'll come back to
1: Ashton Kutcher. And they sure it because he doesn't have that kind of range as an actor. <laughs> we saw Dude, Where's My Car? We know that he doesn't have this kind of range.
2: Don't you remember the He's butterfly telling effect? telling the truth. Oh my God, the butterfly effect. Holy fuck, I hated that movie. <laughs> I liked I it. Li- I should have liked it, but I actually just was, I, I, I don't know. I, I yeah, like what would happen if you
1: showed it. up on time for a date? <laughs>
2: so we'll come we'll come back to ashton kutcher's like testimony with the defense because they latch on to that phone call that he made at like 8 so regarding the murder of maria bruno the prosecution noted that the, they found a blue boot outside of her home that had her blood on it and hit and Mikey G's DNA on the band.
0: It's like a booty, like a painter's. Yeah, booty. it's like a
2: yeah, it's like a painter's booty, or it's like you know the kind of boot that you would wear at a crime scene to not get yeah. shit all
0: over the place. A serial something a serial killer would have. It's like a Dexter piece of shit fucking boot that he was. Or wearing. Or something that so, someone
1: would like you know who works in HVAC would wear when they're going through someone's house.
2: True. And that comes up in the defense. Well done, James. You could have tried this case. <laughs>
1: I would have shown up in my leather blazer like my cousin Vinny.
0: <laughs> and Andrea kind of looks like Marissa Tomei. <laughs> yeah, no, not right now. Oh, you look beautiful.
2: Ah, thanks. Regarding the murder of Mar- Maria Bruno, the prosecution noted that the blue booty that was found outside of her apartment, with drops of her blood on it and DNA and his DNA around the band, which is like their main—that was their like main thing with Bruno's murder—was just like there is a very clear link because of this boot. And also, they found the matching boot in his attic.
0: What a dumbass! Throw out the other boot, you fucking moron. He's definitely a fucking Oh, are expensive.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so basically, the prosecution painted a portrait of Garzullo as a man who who was violent towards women. Um, fascinated by Ted Bundy and studied forensic science. And they actually linked, uh, they actually, so I believe somebody mentioned that he was like really into the anarchist cookbook and that the, the stabbing patterns of both Ellerin and Jesus um, or, or no Jesus. Oh my God. He Why killed I
1: Jesus? Jesus as well. <laughs> this guy's a real no, piece <laughs> of shit. He's the Roman who stabbed him with the spear.
2: <laughs> Basically they, they linked the stabbing process that was outlined in anarchist cookbook that he was apparently into to the stabbings that took place with these two murders. They also linked um, his, like where he was living. He lived close
0: or was all intimately
2: victims, right? all the victims yeah. or was actually seen as like a friend of the family. Mm-hmm. He was linked to all of these fucking cases to the point that the prosecution took the jury out for a fucking field trip to prove how close he was living to these victims. that kind
1: of fun. nice to get out
2: yeah nice to get some fresh air Did they get to go Um,
1: stop by the grauman theater the grauman's (laughs) chinese theater just take some photos with maybe like superman or the hulk (laughs) (laughs) so now we're going to move on to the defense the the defense aspect all right
2: i told you this was going to be a long fucking case and it's because this is the most that i could actually cut my notes down to without losing anything so the defense team for Mikey G just being he said he maintained his innocence for the entire time he was in jail which was like seven or eight years um like I said we he was like one of the longest he he was like went down in history and has gone down in history as the person who's taken the longest to go to trial So specifically about Ashley Ellerin, um, the defense maintains there was absolutely no witnesses to Garzullo entering Ellerin's house, which tracks, there's no DNA, physical evidence, trace evidence, or fingerprints connecting him to the crime. Um, And the defense focused on Ashton Ashton Kutcher's call log from that night because Ashton admits to speaking to Ellerin at 8.24 p.m. And the reason why we know the exact time is because they checked his call log. Mike, Mark Durbin, who was basically her, he was her landlord and they were, and he admits that
0: they were having an affair. Yeah, they were fucking that night, right? They were, they were quote unquote being intimate. Mm -hmm. I'm a good lawyer. They were fucking... (laughs)
2: So Mark Durbin admits to being in Ellerin's house That they were having an affair And had slept together the night of her murder And that she got what he assumes was this call from Kutcher Just as she was getting out of the shower So he testifies that he saw her taking the call And he decided to leave Because he had to meet up with the other woman that he was seeing However, the defense uh, presented that there was a neighbor Who testified that around 8.25 um, or 8.30 They heard what they think was a woman screaming which I don't know how you think about a woman screaming but like I kind of know when somebody's fucking screaming and so yeah, dude I live in Parkdale I hear it all the Hollywood time Hollywood
1: Hills could have been coyotes
2: Could it- <laughs> maybe actually <laughs> Yeah They the defense say that there was like that that Mark Durbin Mark Durbin was actually the one who did it. Um, He he had the means to. He was in the room. He was right there when the murder was apparently happening. Um, And this neighbor testified to hearing screaming at like eight twenty five, which is when he was leaving. Apparently, and Durbin's just like,
1: nah, that's just how I do. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there was a woman screaming while I was there. All right. (laughs) Shout out to the lady members of the jury. You know what I'm talking about. You know how Derby do. It should be said
2: after that nice little fucking acting scene that James just did that both Ashton Kutcher and Mark Durbin were completely cleared of like any wrongdoing and were very cooperative through the entire process. (laughs) now we've got maria bruno so again the defense emphasizes there was no eyewitnesses and no evidence left behind at the crime scene with the exception of that boot outside the defense tried to explain this away as being typical piece of clothing like james said that a heating or air conditioning repairman would wear and that it must have fallen out of his bag when he wasn't looking where it picked up some of the blood from bruno's murder they then proceed to point the finger at bruno's estranged husband there was evidence of a fractured marriage Uh, Marred by incidents of violence, as well as her blood being found both in his car and on his baseball cap the night of the murder, which this doesn't look good. And also, I kind of don't blame the defense for like, going after the husband 99 to 100% of the time the husband fucking did it. All right, so I don't really blame the defense for kind of going in this direction. However, according to the husband, they had rekindled the relationship, and that the that he said that the blood was from when she cut herself at the restaurant they were at that night, and this was actually corroborated by a waiter that was at there who said that she, yep she cut her finger, was bleeding all over the place.
0: Ew! <laughs> Get out of my restaurant! Exactly.
2: Um, so that's how he, he explained the way that there was like blood in his car and on his hat.
1: That waiter, Ron Goldman. <laughs>
2: I would not be fucking surprised. (laughs) Um, And now, so I I promise I'm almost over. So no one tries to deny this piece of shit was the attacker um, on account of his DNA being absolutely everywhere, which we said before. Um, However, the defense only, this is where it gets fucking bonkers. And I was just like, I had to like throw shit across the room and be like, I need a fucking break. (laughs) So... No one tries to deny that he was the piece of shit that attacked her. However, the defense only calls two people to the stand for the attack on Murphy, two mental health professionals who diagnosed him with a mental disease or disorder that proves that he's incapable of premeditation, deliberation or having malice of forethought Um, And eventually settling on a diagnosis of disassociative identity disorder, also known as multiple personalities.
0: Okay, you don't have the foresight, but you bring, like, forensic booties so you don't leave DNA all over the scene. You wear gloves so you don't have fingerprints. Shut the fuck up
2: the reason why the defense latches on to this fucking multiple personality possession shit is saying that he went into a fugue state during the attack and that he can't remember the attack and that when he cut himself on the blade it woke him up and that's why he stood up and tried to run away yelling that he was sorry because he came out of his fucking fugue state and was suddenly just like why am i attacking this woman in her bed so it's like this was very much a hail mary pass like this was very much like these kinds of things are very very difficult to prove Mm -hmm. but all this defense attorney needed to do was plant a seed of doubt that he was not responsible for this and this is the fucking tactic that they went with Mm So, that ends the trial. Closing statements were basically prosecution said he fucking did it and gave them all of the, uh, and basically listed all of the similarities amongst all of the murder victims, including all of the fact, like the fact that he was like located very close to everybody that he fucking murdered and basically very much their closing statement was just like all foreign murders are linked it's the same fucking killer the defense went into the exact opposite direction and was basically like these were different locations different years which would have spoken to like an abnormally
0: long cooling off period probably probably killed a bunch of other people that we don't even know about yet you're jumping the gun so allegedly allegedly he when he
2: got brought in being a, to be questioned or arrested for all these fucking murders he basically said not only which division are you from because he didn't know who was who was charging him with what so he asked what division they were from to take him down to the to the jail and then afterwards when he was being when he was being questioned allegedly he said It doesn't matter. It's just because you have 10 dead women and my DNA at the crime scene doesn't mean I murdered them. So this dude probably killed other people, if not definitely, because nobody really has a cooling off period of like fucking years between murders. Oh,
0: hell no. And if he knows forensic science, they could just not have any trace evidence for it. So they don't have a way of connecting it to him.
2: Yeah, so jury deliberated uh, went into deliberation on August 12 2019 spent three and a half days in order to come back saying he was guilty of attempted murder of Murphy guilty of first degree murder of Ashley and Maria, and he was good, probably going to need to be extradited back to Illinois to be tried for Trisha's murder. So the sentencing, sentencing phase started on October 7th, he faces he faced either death, or, uh, death penalty or life without parole, but sentencing has been delayed, so we're is still going in? on. Oh, come on! <laughs> <laughs> no, it was delayed because of various defense motions, oh, so his God. defense team is still trying to, like, fucking get him off the hook for this bullshit. So he hasn't even been tried in Illinois with that poor family who's still waiting for justice. Oh, fuck this. He's
1: still still in fucking... This isn't even over? No. Yep, it's not even fucking over.
2: It's not over. He hasn't been tried for Trisha's murder. Um, And this is just bullshit. And the thing I just want to end on that chilled me to the fucking bone, if everything else hadn't, is the fact that he... When he murdered fucking Trisha um, Picasso, and I keep wanting to say Trisha Pistachio, but I won't. (laughs) Trisha Picasso, he signed her fucking condolence book.
0: What a fucking asshole. They have
2: her family kept the condolence book, obviously, and they were able to find his fucking signature in the condolence book. He's famously
1: very sorry when he does these things. Isn't that (laughs) enough? (laughs) Is it too late for him to say sorry? Because he just stabbed into your body. Oh, I'm going to hell.
0: I'm <laughs> oh, going to hell. you are going
1: to hell. That's awful. Anyway, end scene.
2: That <laughs> was really long. Thank you for sticking around with me. I could not have cut it any more than I did. I apologize for the length. Yeah, of- one real piece of shit.
1: One hell of an HVAC repair man. <laughs> <laughs> and now for something completely different.
0: Okay, J-Lo's love probably costs a lot. She married A-Rod. A-Rod, Mark Anthony. He's kind of hot. What? (laughs) That's my skeletal impression. (laughs) Okay, we are on to the Trauma-rama blooper blowout section. So, in each Seventeen magazine, they always have a little section that's the most embarrassing moments written in. And this one was pretty lame. So... You should go into
1: sales. (laughs) Hey, guys, this sucks.
0: So I went on the 17.com website and I found some Valentine's Day horror stories that'll make you cringe so hard. Horror stories. Horror stories. (laughs) So this one. There's some horror. (laughs) (laughs) On Valentine's Day, my senior year of high school, my mom decided it would be a good idea to invite the extended family over. Never a good idea. (laughs) Her cousin had just gotten divorced and somehow both the cousin and the ex showed up. Cue the stiffest family gathering you could get asked for. Because she was so (laughs) horny. (laughs) (laughs) You could seriously feel the tension throughout the whole house. This surreal nightmare accumulated in me clogging the toilet, which caused a pipe to burst, which caused a massive leak about five feet from where everyone was sitting eating cheese.
1: Yum. (laughs) I miss cheese. (laughs) (laughs) I can't eat cheese anymore because I'm on a diet.
0: And then I started, so I started looking up like other Valentine's horror stories. And there was this one where we had tickets to a Broadway show. I ate something that disagreed with me and shit my pants while running to the bathroom. And to make Uh, matters worse, I was wearing a thong. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. The girly mag shitting your pants. Once and a I shit my pants on the way to the bathroom. (laughs) Shit your thong. Oh, yeah. Would you have to go back and like sit in your seat? I mean, those are expensive tickets.
1: I, I missed my calling. Not going into <laughs> musical theater. <laughs>
0: uh, I digress. And then this other one, which says we were having sex. It was amazing until she switched it up and tried reverse cowgirl. Totally overestimating her abilities. We ended up at the ER all night because I was convinced that she broke my dick. We seriously stopped oh. seeing each other after. Wasn't that a rumor with Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra yeah. back in the 90s? I think that I think actually so.
1: happened. He broke
0: his dick. Like, yeah. I think it was a legit I'm thing. I'm doing yeah. a fact check right now. Dennis Rodman. Somebody dick. did. I don't I, I well, know. Well, because, like, the, the, the,
2: the, the hospital basically said, yeah, yep. you broke your dick, son. Here's
0: how Dennis Rodman <laughs> broke his penis in three different places. Yep. <laughs> it's uh, like a
1: hemorrhage. There's No, no three bo- different times. There's no bones in there, so it's like a hemorrhage. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> apparently it's quite painful (laughs) you're tearing me
0: apart
2: all right so we have our next segment called hard questions secrets revealed scandalous so this question comes uh from a reader who says my three best friends and i have always been really close about a week ago my friend lisa and i walked in on our other two best friends kissing It kind of freaked me out. They said they're lesbians, but I don't want to believe them. Now Lisa won't talk to them, and she wants me to stop talking to them, too. But I want to remain best friends with them, even if they are gay. So what should I do? I... Don't know how to take this question. The advice is pretty good, though. This is right
1: around the peak time of not believing people are lesbians because you got Tattoo yeah. being like, I'm not going to get us. Not going to get us. Not all the <laughs> oh, my goes. God. Isn't that that's <laughs> no, how the song goes? goes. <laughs> all the things he said, all the things he said. It's a different fucking head, song. They had more, Tattoo had more than one song. No, They're they not yeah. going to get us. Not <laughs> going to get us. It's that. No, I think James is right. Sorry, Andrea. <laughs>
2: So I like this question. I like the advice as well, which is basically like, it's totally understandable that you're shocked. You didn't expect to walk in on your two friends Mackin, but like, get over your shit, be their friends, tell them you're, you're totally down with still being their friends. And then slowly, but surely like try and bring Lisa around because she's acting like a fucking cunt.
1: Also, who's this fourth Lisa? She's not one of the three best friends. She just some bitch who walked (laughs) in on the other two best friends making it. This is true. No, no,
2: it's her. The question, the question's phrased as like my three best friends and I, so there's four people. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, oh, I am bad see. at math. Bad yeah. At
1: math. <laughs> yeah. So there's I'm like four I'm bad at of lesbian them. math.
2: <laughs> yeah. So basically the advice is really good, but it's just like, I don't know. It's, it must, I just feel, I feel, I really feel for the two girls that like they, that got caught kissing is because like, imagine like the confusion and then you immediately have two of your best friends that suddenly aren't talking to you anymore. And you know, like it's such a bummer and I just hope they're okay. I hope you guys are okay and still together or not. Because I mean, I hope they're not still
1: together. I mean, <laughs> I don't either. I hope they're <laughs> no, no. still maybe lesbians, but I hope they're not still together. The one person. same, same. I hope they had a lot of experiences.
2: I hope they're happy is together or apart. Hopefully apart because you need to sow your fucking oats, man. <laughs> and I don't believe in monogamy, but anyway, that's a story for a different day.
1: Well, that's another story. Let me get it Show me the meaning of being alone.
0: This is such a COVID song. <laughs> Show me the meaning. Uh, Everyone's lonely right now. Yeah, everyone's lonely lonely right now. I mean, I'm not because I have
1: Andrea constantly within throwing distance (laughs) all the time.
2: No, it's definitely a fucking 2021 mood and 2020 mood.
1: All right. This segment is called Show Me the Meaning uh, of Boy Band Lyrics. Dot, dot, (laughs) dot. I'm sorry. Show me the meaning. Dot, dot, dot. Of Boy Band Lyrics. We asked some regular guys for a reality check, so they grabbed some fucking douchebags. Not they're not bad guys. They're just guys from the 90s. Douchebags. Yeah, and they asked them their opinions about some lyrics from some uh, boy band songs. That's and your they, first mistake. They, they had a leading they, had, they gave them a lyric and then they gave them a leading question that led them into a question. So here is a lyric from a song, Girl Next Door by Take 5. i creeping with the girl next door. The lyric is there's something that you should know. I've been creeping with the girl next door. Oh, God, it's Michael G. It's fucking, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's Mikey yeah. G. I was thinking Shaggy, but you're right. <laughs> uh, i been creeping with the girl next door. I'm sorry, forgive me. And the question is, when, if ever, is cheating okay? Oh, God, they're asking high they all schoolers said, this. cheating sucks. It's bad. It's unforgivable. One guy, One guy said, Joshua, if you've been trying to break up and she won't back off, Cheating is okay. Thank you for being the ninth dentist. <laughs> or the tenth dentist who didn't agree. I'll tell you one situation where cheating is okay. When you have already broken up in your mind, uh, oh I will bring it back. I was dating a girl I decided we weren't right for each other. She lived out of town, which was unlike me, because she was always downtown, but she lived... She didn't live out of town. She lived in North York, which in Toronto is just like a half an hour subway. Oh, my God. This is a great question. How many subway stops will you go to fuck someone? (laughs) I will not date someone. St. Clair. (laughs) St. Clair. No way. If they're not within walking distance, and that's like a (laughs) 30-minute walk. If they're not within a 20-minute bike ride, it's not working out. I'm not taking multiple buses. (laughs) No, I'll take I'll take, a, I'll take a subway to St. Clair for some D. Oh, no. Yeah, once, once,
0: not multiple times. I've had a long-distance relationship. I used to drive two hours to get dick, so I don't know.
2: Wow, that's a commitment. Holy a fuck. It wasn't
0: that great either. Wasted all that gas money.
2: Of course it wasn't. You were tired when you got there. Two <laughs> no, it just hours wasn't away. great.
1: It wasn't great. So oh, let okay. me explain my why it's okay to cheat. I had broken up in my mind. <laughs> Uh, they had, I've talked about this before on the show, so. Yeah, and Dee yeah. got mad.
2: Yeah. I know, I'm very, this doesn't paint you in a good light, buddy. Okay, 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 okay.
1: That's my Joe Pesci, because I'm wearing the jacket. We, we've been dating, we've been fighting, we just started dating, and she was like, she forced me into the relationship, because she's like, hey, if we're gonna be together, you have to be with just me, and I was like, sure, why not? We a I'll, victim I'll blame. try it. <laughs> she's not the victim in this situation. I am. She sucked. Anyways, James broke up with her because she had a food
0: allergy. He's lying. That
1: is, that was part of the (laughs) consideration because she couldn't eat wheat and I could not see a future because my whole life was like eating bread, not eating bread. Now I can't eat bread. I don't barely eat bread now. Yeah. Maybe you guys should date again. Oh, Hey, just still. uh... (laughs) (laughs) I think she blocked me and I will explain why later in the story. So. And uh, she lived uptown. We've been fighting. And then I, I was like, all right, I'm not into this. And it was uh, sh- Valentine's Day. And I had in my head, we're going to break uh-huh. up. But but she had exams, final exams for her last year of school. So I couldn't break up with her because she really liked me. And I was like, I'm not going to fuck up her exams and like be responsible for that. So I kept maintaining the fact that we were together but as soon as she was done exams, I'd planned on breaking up with her. And then when she did, I did. And yes, I slept with someone in that time. But uh, <sighs> the irony is, uh, later on, someone who worked with Andrea in a bar told her that I had been cheating on her with Andrea while we were me and her were dating, which was not true. I was cheating on her with a totally different person. <laughs> Me and Andrea weren't even talking at that point. Yeah, I hated him. We were in a fight. Which is really hard to explain to someone. I saw her once after that at a bar, and I really want to tell her, hey, by the way, that guy, Gossip Girl, he was totally fucking wrong. I was not cheating on with you, Andrea. I was cheating on with you with a totally different person, but that's neither here nor there. That was a long story to come around to the fact that you thought it was okay to cheat on your girlfriend. I wasn't cheating. I'd broken up in my mind. It was no. like it was the cheating wasn't the the breakup wasn't escrow. Oh I don't my know God. if you're a,
2: a finance person. If you start going into fucking inflation, I'm gonna stab you the next time I see He's you. She's gonna dude. she's gonna pull a Mikey, dude. It's. <laughs> You, you cheated on your girlfriend, man. Just fucking own it. I
0: did it. I broke your her in my you mind, don't. This is, is going to go on forever. I don't mind. Wrestling match.
2: All right. Dude, <laughs> you cheated on your girlfriend. Just fucking own it. Kind of. Okay.
0: Well, you've, come to your, you've come to a compromise.
2: Uh, okay. I will take the kind of. I'll take the kind of. You fucking cheated. I will take the kind of.
1: Kind of. And is cheating ever okay? Maybe when you break up in your mind and never see them again.
2: Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. I don't think cheating is the worst fucking thing in the world. You don't even believe in monogamy. You said it yourself. I don't even believe in monogamy. As long as it's like, as long as conscious, a conscious, consensual understanding that you guys have an open relationship, then that's not cheating. But that's not
1: cheating. No, cheating is the worst thing in the world. Murdering a lady who, <laughs> when you do exactly matches.
2: In the grand scheme of things, cheating is not the worst thing you can do to another human being. I've forgiven people for cheating on me. Just don't fucking lie to me about it.
0: If James ends up dead, it might have been D, but it could also be Mikey G. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: could also be Mikey G. <laughs> All
1: right, so next lyric is, Don't want to lose you now by the Backstreet Boys. Don't want to. My place was always beside you, and I wish I didn't need you so bad. Your face just won't go away. I hate when someone's <laughs> face won't go away. Get out of my face. Again, it's probably Mikey G. <laughs> and the question is have you ever broken up with a girl or had her break up with you and wanted to get back together? Anyone? I, no, exes are exes for a reason. We yep. broke up and
0: you got you. I got I didn't together want together. to. Yeah, you did. <laughs> wow.
2: Oh, holy cow hot take hot take on your relationship he Ever.
0: snuck into my life like Mikey G snuck into her apartment <laughs> you <laughs> snuck into my apartment <laughs> broke in and then left me a note <laughs> you're lucky that's all I did the door was unlocked that oh, would never could... hold up
1: in court <laughs> it would never hold up in court dude <laughs> what are you a vampire oh the door was unlocked so that is an invitation I really
2: love these little, like, you know, insights into your life together.
1: (laughs) Brings me joy. All right. More lyrics. These are just lyrics that annoy me. This is a, uh, we're off, we're off, we're off book now. Uh, (laughs) Oasis, slowly walking down the hall, faster than a cannonball. Also, Our Lady Peace, she's falling back to me, defying gravity. Those are both things that are don't work. (laughs) If you're slowly walking down the hall, how can you be faster than a cannonball? (laughs) If you're falling back to me, you're not defying gravity. (laughs) Thanks, Bill Nye. All right. Now into the serious. I got you some more boy band lyrics that I'm going to read you and then I'll have questions. All right. LFO. Light, funky ones. Rest in peace to the guy from there.
2: (laughs) Who died? Uh, Rich, uh, I think his name is Rich. Rich. Oh, okay. Yeah, His name is Rich. Rip.
1: Okay, everyone makes fun of his lyrics. You know, the famous one. But he was just a king of non sequiturs. There was a good man named Paul Revere. I feel so much better when you're near. Again. This reads like an Irish
2: limerick. He's
1: (laughs) fucking Bob Dylan, just free association. (laughs) Like the color purple, macaroni and cheese, ruby red slippers, and a bunch of trees. (laughs) No. That sounds like I'm on Shroom Same song Yeah, And then the famous one is New Kids on the Block at a bunch of hits Chinese food makes me sick And my question to you is What is the worst food poisoning You've ever had?
0: <laughs> Sushi I've actually never had food poisoning I don't
1: think I did almost oh, shit my you. pants once After Sweet eating something summer child <laughs> Yeah <laughs> I've, sh- I've had some very bad diarrhea From after Taco Bell <laughs> We
0: know Throwback to episode one I got it
1: from some
2: sketchy sushi. I knew it. I knew as I was eating it, I was like, oh, this is going to come back to what
0: can haunt me.
1: <laughs> the King of Leon sale event. Your sex, this sex is on fire. I actually love this song i i i haven't met that someone. is a uti i haven't me. met someone from alexis on fire which is a famous canadian band but i wanted when i meet them to be like oh you're from that band with that anthem oh alexis on fire <laughs> <laughs> alex is on fire uh so my question to this is what is the worst uti you've ever had oh god i had one the last of like one. five oh my god do you really? sweet summer child much like you've never had food poisoning, I have never had a eh, eh, down you've there. You've never been so drunk that you just fell asleep after sex? Because you gotta pee after sex. I have peed every single fucking I pee after masturbation, okay? <laughs> like, it's. <laughs> Here's my PSA: pee after sex. Don't leave that gunk in your tubes. <laughs> nope. Pee after sex. In
0: your birth canal, as James refers to the vagina. I used to find I got UTIs really bad when I used condoms a lot and I'm not saying don't use condoms because you should but no I've heard that
1: we had a roommate who got really bad vagina problems and she only fucked nerds so I'm like wash the Doritos dust off your penis <laughs> before you have sex <laughs> All right, here's another quote, all right? This is from Nickelback, and oh, my God, this is the worst, worst thing I've ever heard. People hate Nickelback all the time, and it's un- it's fashionable to hate Nickelback, get a personality, yeah. whatever, but here's a good reason to hate Nickelback. Here's some lyrics from their song, all right? I like your pants around your feet, and I like the dirt that's on your knees, and I like the way you still say please. While you're looking up at me, you're like my favorite damn disease. What's your favorite, what's your favorite disease? <laughs> my
2: severe addiction to true crime. is probably my favorite disease. Here's the thing about those Nickelback lyrics though, is now I'm not, com- I'm, I am completely not surprised that they were found playing a gig at the Piggy Palace, which is Robert, Robert Hickton's Hinton. fucking little like fucking rave bar yeah. that he had on his farm. And they
1: played the Piggy Palace. Look it up.
0: It happened. Dirt on your knees.
1: Especially with those fucking lyrics. While we're talking about these lyrics, here's the rest the next bit. I love the white stains on your dress. I love the way you pass the check, which is fine. I love the good times that you wreck, which is great. And I love your lack of self-respect. Oh, God. Um, While you're passed out on the deck, I love your hands around my neck. Good God. I hate yeah. every part of that. So like, there's a it, great it just... reason to fucking hate Nickelback. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: the reason. That's the only fucking reason you need. Also, they probably killed some people <laughs>
1: in, in BC. <laughs> but in their defense, look at this photograph. Every time it made
0: me laugh.
1: Sorry, skirt. We had to restart this because. Sorry, you had a story. Okay,
0: I have. My best friend used to work at a lemonade stand. Was she <laughs> eight years old? No. This it was is my died.
1: question. <laughs> was the was it spelled with like backward letters? <laughs> what do you mean she worked at a fucking lemonade stand? Did she sell shit for five cents?
0: No. It was like a. It was like a chain, like a uh, Jamba Juice. Like they were at like fairs a and chain like. Lemonade it was some stand.
1: entrepreneuring, like nine year old.
0: <laughs> no, this is when we were like nineteen, but. But anyway, she worked at the lemonade stand. <laughs> <laughs> what weird fucking porn is this? <laughs> there was a lot of ants at her work, which used to really piss her off.
1: Like ants or aunts? Ants, like like, like the insect or like the the, insect. your mother's sister.
0: <laughs> and right. so, anyway, she she comes. Off. This ends up with eggs. Like I'm gonna be very <laughs> no, fucking. <there's> upset. No <laughs> eggs. There's no <laughs> eggs. There's a lot of ants at work, and it used to really piss her off.
1: And uh, she got it. Well, the- she's sitting behind a bunch of cardboard boxes <laughs> on a, yeah. someone's lawn. So like I assume
0: fucking lawn. So she gets off five. this hard day at work. She's like, "There's so many fucking ants out <laughs> It work a hard day- <laughs> a hard day at a lemonade stand. <laughs> it was really hard work. It was hot. She was outside at like a rodeo, and anyways. So she gets in the car, Better better. <laughs> she gets in the car and she's like, I just want to smoke a bowl. And she like goes into her thing and then like, she can't find her weed and she's like getting super, super upset. And she's like, I just need to listen to some music to calm down. And then she puts on the radio and that song plays and she just bursts into tears. She starts crying <laughs> hysterically and I'm like, uh... Do you want me to turn off the radio? So she works as a 19-year-old at a fucking
2: lemonade stand. She literally worked for
1: the boss, baby.
2: Yeah, exactly. So your friend is nine years old, had a hard day at the office because she works at a lemonade stand, couldn't find her weed, and then turned on the radio and Nickelback
0: happened and she burst into tears? Yeah, that's the summer. That tracks. That that's a bad track.
1: day <laughs> that's a horrible so track. you had a bad day oh
0: wait that's not Nickelback. <laughs>
1: <laughs> cause you had a bad day you take one
2: James keeps counting in our segments singing, like basically saying one, two, three Marlenas, and now I just want to listen to the Wallflower. Dude, he's,
0: play- he's been doing this for a week.
2: It's- Can you
1: listen to, yeah, I have a thing where I think it's hilarious to keep repeating the same thing over and over. Yeah. It's also kind of used uh, by people who want to gaslight someone and just thinking they're insane. I do the exact same thing, but I find it hilarious.
0: I'm going to stab him! <laughs>
1: One, anyway. <laughs> two, three,
0: Marlena. Yeah, you're Tom DeLonge. Go hunt some aliens.
1: Can you one, shut up? One, two, three, Marlena.
0: Yeah, so this is the quizzy.
2: Are you a motormouth Megan or a lip service Liz? Oh, this God. This quiz is going to be given to James to find out if he can ever shut the fuck up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep score.
2: Okay. All right. So question one. For your birthday, your grandmother gives you the cameo necklace she used to wear. Eyes are on you. The whole family knows you're not a fan of jewelry. I mean, I feel like James is a fan (laughs) of jewelry. He has so much jewelry on (laughs) right
0: now. It's insane. You A,
2: say, thanks, Graham. But last time I checked, it wasn't 1904. Plus, I don't really do the secondhand thing. B, I mean, James is all secondhand. (laughs) Just like amazing. It's one of the things I like about you, James. B, thank her. And tell her you'll wear it on special occasions, or at least special occasions when she's around. Or C, tell her it suits your style perfectly, then put in a request for the matching earrings next year.
0: He's not saying anything
1: on purpose.
2: I don't know what that has to do with shutting the fuck up, but whatever. Come on!
1: I <laughs> would you see. I would like someone from my family to give me something
2: and uh of course you would Imagine matching cameo and earrings oh my god that's like every I have a cameo ring
1: right and Andrew doesn't like it I'm not a fan well, the other earrings. day I was wearing a fucking hoodie and uh and, uh, and uh, a, a toque cause I was cold cause our apartment I heat doesn't work and was like this is the way I like you which is a fucking assault on that UN is not what I said
0: what I said was I th- I think you look cute right Sorry, now and he what took you it said as a personal was, this insult. is how you're a man <laughs> okay Oh, my God. Look at this next question. To be fair, he breaks up with people in his mind. Yeah. So, (laughs)
2: Um, number two, for a day and a half, you've been camping out for Blink-182 tickets. And the girl ahead of you is joined by 24 of her best friends. You, A, say, excuse me, but the box office sign states no no place holding. I was about to say no hand holding. (laughs) Um, B, set aside to give her and her buddies more room. No, that is fucking rude what they just (laughs) did. And you don't have to fucking save that spot for anybody. Or C, (laughs) scream, this is me, scream line cutters. Line cutters!
0: That's so James. (laughs) At the
2: top of your lungs. Here's the thing. I can't scream because I actually live in an apartment and I don't want to get evicted. But Andrea (laughs) did a very good, very good imitation.
0: Dude, I would totally do that. I hate when people butt in front of me. It's one of my pet peeves.
2: So scream line cutters at the top of your lungs until security <laughs> guards come over.
1: Come on. <laughs> um, I am Canadian. If people have not listen and uh, I'm really horrible at, uh, I want to say things. Is there an option for me to say things sarcastically to myself?
2: We say line cutters. <laughs> God, One time, wealthy. I was
1: at a fucking. Uh, I had the worst experience of this. I was at a bank machine, and someone cut in front of me. And I was like saying to this person, "I was like, oh, I was just waiting here. You, uh, you, you could just cut in front of me, and you just think it's whatever." And then I saw, I they, they cut in front of me, and they went. And I saw them again later at a Asian restaurant. And I walked in the Asian restaurant, I'd be like, "You guys think you can just cut in front of me, and it's fucking? I'm nothing. I'm just speaking. You can hear me." They're like we thought oh, i feel like this is gonna
2: end with a wheelchair they said
1: we thought you were on the phone and i was like all right that kind of <laughs> makes sense oh man well i
0: think t- one is sort of like excuse
1: me but the box office i is- would take it like a bitch is what i'm saying i would take <laughs> it like a bitch i would complain to myself I like you're gonna be you're gonna let
2: everybody cut in line i think and- james is gonna be That's we're gonna valid- surprise
0: everyone with this quiz
2: yeah that's a you know what it's valid i mean i I like to think that I'm the kind of person to yell line cutters, but oh like I would 100%. James,
0: I'd push them too.
2: You're a very special person for Reno.
0: Yes, cell. exactly.
1: Yeah. I'd I be, I'd like push them to and get arrested for assault. I had to domesticate Andrea like a, like an abused, like pit bull who like initially thought <laughs> yeah. anytime anyone said anything against her, she could just fight them. And I had to explain to Andrea, you're not in Reno anymore. You These are like, people. like, like, like well, you can healed. take the girl out of Reno, but you can't take Reno out of the girl. These are white people who have never been to fight in their entire lives. Exactly. It's like, it Andrea- would be ruin would us them. and everyone knows each other and it would ruin us socially you can't just hit people i had to explain no. this to andrew like it was like a like a some kind of white savior movie from the 90s where i'm just like talking to someone who used to be in jail or from juvie <laughs> i'm like michelle pfeiffer and andrew's like no i will teach you how to not hit people
2: <laughs> okay next question when your boyfriend who's always wanted to go to art school suddenly opts for pre-med you A buy him a stethoscope and a medical dictionary to help him catch up on science requirements. B laugh hysterically and tell him you wouldn't know a vein from an artery if he saw one. <laughs> Rude. What is he thinking? Or C recommend schools that offer both pre-med and art classes. That way he'll be you covered. Can't
1: do both. What am I? You what am I made both. of money? <laughs> is he like Am I have a posh boyfriend who can just like his parents are gonna pay for his willy-nilly taking courses? First of all, who is like an art student that then just totally goes pre-med
2: or who's pre-med and then suddenly does art school. (laughs) I have a friend who
1: uh, was like a math genius who went into art school and I was like, the world doesn't need you to be an art student. Like go into fucking your math genius things. (laughs) Yeah. So you would have bought him a stethoscope. My dad gave me two pieces of advice my entire life. One, don't go into your artsy school because uh, you need to go to U of T because if you live internationally they'll know what that university is and two all women are bossy (laughs) I mean true the one helped me being like I kind of interpreted as women won't just put up with your shit and just like they will want things from you you can't just do whatever you want that's how I interpreted also he said a rich woman is as easy to love as a poor woman (laughs) It's three pieces of advice (laughs) he gave me. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) great. Anyways, I forget the question, and I resent being asked it. Andrea, answer for me. I would
0: say I would- You would definitely buy them a stethoscope, because you'd be like, go go to med med school, you dumbass. I don't need you.
1: The world doesn't need more fucking posh art students. Go fucking be a doctor also here's the thing if they suddenly decide they're not good at
2: it then you've got a stethoscope and you can role play your friend picks you up for the valentine's day party wearing a sweater so great it nearly blinds you (laughs) this is
0: hilarious this has happened to james before with his friend his own clothing (laughs) yeah with his own clothing but also his friend and he's very rude so if he says anything else he's lying
2: When she asks your opinion on that very bright sweater, you A, give her the thumbs up. Feeling confident is the most important part of looking good anyway. B, compliment her on it but mention that neutral colors suit her complexion quite well. Or say C, say ew and drag her to your closet for an emergency
0: fashion trend. Hundred
1: percent B because I'm just like, what am I doing? Like I can't save you from yourself. <laughs> like I will just like let it go. I will give you some hints, but I I can't do all this work. Like if like you, you want to look like a piece of garbage. I've literally heard you say Do you wanna look like a piece of garbage? Okay, let's go. Yeah, I'm just (laughs) like, yeah, can't save you from yourself. If this is what you want to do, go ahead. Do you want to
0: look like a piece
1: of garbage? Okay, let's go. Oh, it'd be way better if they want to look like a piece of garbage. Do you not want someone to want to sleep with you? Do you want to, like, look like trash? (laughs) Okay, so then
2: you're (laughs) C. are totally C. How old am I? Because this is
1: a question now, because now things are much more conservative. When I was younger, I'd be like, you want to look good. You want to look flash. But now that I'm older, it's like, yeah, just do whatever you want. (laughs) He's C. 100%. I don't want to be with anyone who's trying to get laid. That's disgusting. No, it's your friend, you idiot. You can't even follow the quiz. <laughs> I know. But I'm just saying, what are their clothes? What? How will that affect them? Them not getting laid? I don't want them to get laid because that's disgusting. You have literally I said love. to your best friend, what the
0: fuck are you wearing? Take that off. To Norm. I love.
2: I Fucking love that I'm giving this quiz called "Can You Shut Up?" and James keeps
1: interrupting me. I know. Andrea is interrupting me way more than I'm interrupting her. Okay, next question. I, this is I have been railroaded on this charge worse than fucking Mike Giggleyoti.
2: All right. Okay, Mikey G. <laughs> question five. Uh, three hours into volleyball practice, you're winded and in need of a break. When your coach chews you out for missing a spike, you a suggest that if she didn't run her players into the ground, she might get them to perform better. B, tell her you're sorry, but you need water before the next round of drills. Or C, get back into position and try to concentrate on your next next move.
1: D volleyball is fucking stupid. <laughs> I hate <laughs> their bumping. How many stupid I always have bright red setting, wrists. bumping, it's so stupid. That's a so stupid thing. So you're B or A? Whatever, whatever makes volleyball the most stupid sport? A. I'm going to go with Probably A. A, yeah. I'm like hitting with okay. my little fingers and like hitting with my bumping and like it's smacking my wrist. It was, it
0: was actually my least favorite sport in school. I hate volleyball.
1: I
2: was just really fucking bad at it, but I was bullied and then I would pretend to be bad at it. It
1: hits your wrist and it goes off in a different direction, but it actually gets some velocity or it smacks your forearms like it's supposed to and it hurts like a <laughs> motherfucker and goes nowhere. It did. Fuck volleyball. I got spiked in the face with volleyball with wearing glasses. And fuck Wilson. (laughs) I'm glad you got left to the scene.
2: (laughs) Here's the thing. I fucking sucked at volleyball and I was like forced to try out because we had a tiny elementary school and basically everybody anytime they had tryouts for any team, everybody had to try out, or we wouldn't have a time a team. But I, like, pretended to be really bad at it. I think I actually might have been pretty good at it, but I pretended to be bad at it just in order to aim the ball at the person bullying me, and I just fucking smacked her on the side of the head countless times with the volleyball. That's
0: amazing. It was
2: the best. It was my best move. Smash it! Next question. Your best friend swears you to secrecy about her latest crush. So when he sits near you on the bus, you A, talk about everything but your best bud. That way no secrets will slip out scratch her phone number on a sheet of paper with the note, call her, she's crazy <laughs> for you. You fucking That's weirdo. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> or C, try to work her name in a couple of times, especially when he's talking about their common interests. C, uh,
1: yes. uh, although the only person who would put B is some kind of weird uh, control freak who secretly wants to torpedo their friend. Totally. Yes. I would never do that to someone.
2: No, no, it's super mean next question your boyfriend is so nervous about dinner with your family that he drops the salad bowl you a reassure him that it's no biggie and get some soda water to clean up the salad dressing spots on the rug b shriek and then (laughs) spring like an olympic runner for the carpet shampoo or c say it's okay and continue eating your first course the bowl didn't even break these questions are fucking weird
0: i think james would say it's okay and continue eating yeah yeah okay he's lazy <laughs> I mean, I was what gonna is gonna say the other It's Not rude, but <laughs> what is being like? It's okay, don't worry, and like giving them like napkins to clean it up. I would have
1: broke up with them in my mind. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
1: okay. All right,
2: it's a busy Saturday night, and you're waitressing. One customer has made every substitution under the sun, and then sends her chicken back because it's garnished with parsley. I hate Fuck people. this person <laughs> right off the bat. You, A, tell him you can help. You snatch the parsley sprig off his plate and grind it into the floor with your heel. That was <laughs> oh my me. God, that's, so, that's so salty. I love it. B, politely point out that the menu specifically mentions parsley garnish, but smile and do what he asks. Or C, offer to take his plate back to the kitchen. The customer is always right. Or D, Spit on them. <laughs> oh,
1: I would do B. I would I would be passive aggressive. That's what I do. Not me.
0: I used to work in a restaurant where we were allowed to tell customers to fuck off, and I took liberties with that.
2: Amazing. <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> All right, last question. Your little sister invites you to her new rock bands jam session. Oh fuck.
1: <laughs> already. That sounds cool.
0: D's <laughs> like, no fucking way.
2: <laughs> no. Not one of them can play a chord. you a applaud between numbers and try to dance along they'll be disillusioned enough for the school talent show b whoop and holler but pull your sister aside afterwards and suggest you take music lessons before hitting the stage that makes no sense there's like the school talent show is happening in like three a's (laughs) um or c clap your hands over your ears and wait for her outside where you tell her in no uncertain terms to give it up that mean, I, that's
1: mean. I yeah, that is do, mean. I would do A, be like, you guys are punk and the fucking the chords don't matter, just your attitude matters and your intention matters. I'd be oh, like, you guys sweet. are a fucking L seven, a punk girl band. Let's fucking Cute. go for it. <clears throat>
0: that's a
2: good fucking answer. Excellent.
0: All right, I'm doing the Girly Max calculator. Beep boop beep boop beep boop beep, boop beep, boop, beep, boop, beep. boop So you got Since You Asked, there was three tiers. There was the tell it like it is. The since you asked oh and the God. no comments. Since you asked is so passive aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to mixing honesty with diplomacy, you know the perfect recipe. Your communication style is like Sabrina's. You say exactly what you're thinking and feeling, but not at anyone else's expense. Striking a balance between stating your opinion and being respectful is difficult, so keep up the good work, but don't freak out about occasionally taking a stand. Says Jacobson, we all step on people's toes sometimes. And we all get intimidated by staying within the two extremes. You're able to express yourself and be considerate at the same time.
2: Those answers, those answers were given. And so when they say, when they reference Sabrina, they're talking about Melissa Joan Hart. Yes. Sabrina, the teenage witch. She is problematic. Who has a
1: lot of opinions. I thought it was the Harrison Ford remake of a 1950s film. <laughs> she has a lot of <laughs> opinions about sex before
0: marriage and all kinds of shit.
2: She has so. a lot of opinions about Jewish people. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, she is problematic to the core.
1: Anyways, one time I was at a bar and some guy started talking about the weather. And he was from Calgary, which is a one strike against him. But uh, he started talking about the weather. And I, uh, I said what I could, but he kept trying to... Uh, talked to me. So rather than engage with them, I went to the bathroom and stood there in the bathroom <laughs> for a long period story. of time until he just, I assume he would just get, go away. So I know, I know how to shut up. I don't know how to interact with human beings. You know, when you came back from the bathroom visit, everybody
2: thought you were shitting, right?
1: <laughs> or doing cocaine.
2: No, no, it was
0: shitting.
1: (laughs) James's other worst fear. Every time I go to the bathroom, first thing I do, if there's a line, I go, oh, no matter what, if I take a stinky poop, I go, oh my God, that's horrible. So I, I nail it on the first person. And then when I leave, I sniff a lot. So they think I wasn't taking a stinky poop. I was doing cocaine oh my god you're such a loser <laughs> <laughs> I am a cool guy who doesn't take sticky poops and does cocaine <laughs> at cool bars
2: <laughs> is he a fucking loser weirdo or is he an evil fucking genius <laughs> or
1: does he wear leather blazers and do cocaine at cool bars <laughs> and then it's 3 a.m i'm on the corner wearing my leather. this dude comes up and he's like hey punk i'm like yeah whatever
0: thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode of girly mags if you haven't already followed us on instagram it's girly.mags if you missed it our patreon is patreon.com slash girly mags they got magazine scans access to archives little community there and uh we'll send you some merch give
1: you a quiz if you join our five dollar tier and rate and review us on itunes or whatever the fuck please We We love reviews. Please,
2: please, please. I haven't rated
1: or reviewed anyone in my entire (laughs) life, but it really matters to us, and I will personally notice every single review, especially if you write out words.
2: For any of our listeners who are true crime fans, I know for a fucking fact I left out a ton of shit. Yeah. (laughs) So if any of you have picked up what I haven't put down or Andrea hasn't put down in that murder segment, please let us know because we love chatting about murder. Totes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And on that note I'm going to murder James. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.
1: Bye. 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 Bye.